Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, have you ever wondered what it's like before you incarnate into this life? What your pre-birth experience is? Well, today on the show, we have someone who remembers her pre-birth experience in detail. We have on the show, Melissa DeNice. And Melissa and I have a very deep conversation about her experiences before she is born. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Melissa Denise. How you doing, Melissa? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Like we were talking earlier, I'm a fan of the work that you do, uh, your show. And there's there's few really good shows doing this kind of work out there, in my opinion. And you are definitely one of them. So I appreciate the work you're doing to, awakening, to awaken humanity. So I appreciate you for that. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. And as I was just saying, your content is phenomenal. I, I've been binge watching your shows. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much. So we're going to get into your pre-birth uh, memories and experiences uh, in a little bit, but I wanted to go first back to what, were your life, what was your life like prior to your spiritual awakening? Yeah, of course. So I was raised in a Christian household. I was raised in a Reformed Baptist, which is a more strict version of Christianity. So I was raised very religious, um, very much of the mindset that we have to try to please God so that we can go Mm -hmm. to heaven and not hell when we die. And so I was always very religious and very interested in spiritual things, but I was seeking for fulfillment outside of me in, you know, like trying to find this elusive connection with God and trying to stimulate some type of spiritual experience. So I I experienced a lot of depression, anxiety, um, just a lot of re- a lot of internal strife and struggle. And um yeah, yeah, tried my very best to seek out a connection with God and a connection with the divine within my Christian structure and just never really got anywhere with it. Mm-hmm. So I this went on until, let's see, right about the time I got married, I just became very disillusioned with it all. And mm-hmm. I just said, okay, 
I'm not getting anywhere. Nothing is happening. Um, may, maybe the spiritual thing is is all a lie. Maybe it's really not true. Maybe you can't really experience God. And I sort of shut everything down and went into the, one of the darkest seasons of my life, which really continued um, several years into my marriage until I was 29 years of age. And me and my husband were really struggling. Our marriage was on the rocks. We were our, our finances were crumbling. We had lost our home twice because we couldn't afford to pay the rent. And um, we had two young children and I was pregnant with our third. And that was really the catalyst that threw me into my spiritual awakening. Wow. So how did you, so what was that a spiritual awakening? What happened to you at that time that mm-hmm. you decided to like, you know, and but by the way, before I get into that question, did you still have your memories? Of your pre-birth memories or had they not come in yet? I had suppressed a lot of them. The, the, there's a couple memories that I have always remembered. One of them was a brief, uh, a brief flash of me planning my life. And the other one was my experience with the light. But I didn't understand what that was. And most of my 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 seeking within my Christian faith was to reconnect with what I was remembering. And I just mm-hmm. couldn't get it to work. And so I kind of gave up on it at that point. So what was the spiritual awakening at 29? What happened? What happened is I was just desperate enough that I was ready to look outside of the religious box that I was in. And so I began reading near-death experience accounts. And I very quickly discovered that many people had experiences just like what I had remembered from pre-birth. And so it was just, I remember sitting glued to my tablet, like late into the night after my kids were bed, just binge reading these experiences and being in tears because I'm realizing, wait a minute, this is all real. And this is the first time I've ever heard of anybody else having a similar experience. And the it's like the answers just start coming in because the answers that you get from near-death experiences are so simple and so profound. Like, it's all about love. We're just here to learn how to love each other. And God isn't waiting to throw people in hell after they die. You don't have to try to please God in some way. You don't even have to try to find God or try to have a relationship with God because everything is an expression of God. So that means I'm an expression of God. And I started to understand that I had to look within myself to find what I had been seeking my entire life. And so within a matter of just a couple of weeks of reading these stories, I deconstructed my Christian faith and I I just like let go of all of this baggage and was Mm -hmm. finally free to believe what I had always sort of known was true, but really had suppressed. Well, let me ask you this because I was I was also raised Catholic, so uh, I, Where are you? We, we 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 walked over the same dead bodies, as they say, uh, <laughs> in many ways, and we both still feel very guilty, uh, yes. <laughs> because of it. But <laughs> so, if there's someone listening right now, because I know there's a lot of people like yourself who are struggling with what they've been told and raised with those those ideas, the religious boxes that we were all mm-hmm. kind of programmed with and i don't use the word programmed in a bad way we're programmed from the moment we are born you know to from everything around us 
But those, you know, we're, if you're born into a Hindu family, you're going to be probably Hindu. If you're born into a Jewish family, you're probably going to be Jewish. And we're talking about Christianity and, and, and Catholicism. What would you say to people who are watching this that were in the same place you were, trying to connect mm -hmm. to God, but the religious programming did not access the code properly? You can't, you couldn't decipher the the the, the problem with this kind of technology, this other, you know, this, this programming, what would you say to these people listening like that right now? Mm, absolutely. Yes. Well, first of all, I want to say that I'm not anti-religion. I think that religion right. has so much good for so many people who need mm -hmm. that at, for mm -hmm. whatever stage of life they're in at that time. But if it's not working for you, there's a saying in Christianity where they'll say, don't put God in a box. If God leads you outside of the box, you have to follow no matter who's going to criticize you, no matter what happens. But at the same time, they still give you this box that you have to stay inside of. You can't find God outside of the Christian box. Well, that's a that's cognitive dissonance. That doesn't make logical sense. So follow that advice. If If what you're doing is not getting you that connection that you want, then listen to your heart, listen to the small voice within and do what you feel called to do. Follow that call where it leads you because it will absolutely lead you outside of the box. And it can be a, such a scary thing, mm -hmm. but there are thousands of people going through this process right now and you are absolutely not alone. And it is so much better to live authentically and to find for yourself what is really true for me and what speaks to me than to just wonder what would have happened if you had never followed your path. You know, and I would argue millions of people are going through this. Yes. Tens of millions of yes. people are going through this around the world. I think more so than, than ever before, me too, because I think you as well as I, having the shows that we have, we see the thirst the hunger yes. for this information and you know because it might just be views or downloads and they're little numbers but every number is associated with a human being with a soul yes. who is searching for this information uh and i do love that you said that that you know as much as i kind of sometimes make fun of my catholicism and <laughs> i'm a recovering catholic and all this stuff i say it in jest because yes every religion has uh good hopefully good parts of it and it is very important to certain people around mm -hmm. the world, to many people around the world, but it also is depending on what stage you are. And in this life, that might be the, the road you walk. And you might do a lot of good in the world being in a religion. Mm -hmm. But this is for everybody who feels that this might be a little bit I'm curious about some other stuff. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Yeah, absolutely. And I think specifically in this time, there's a lot more people that are just questioning things and that are called to go outside of that box. And not just in spirituality and everything. I mean, from every yeah. all I've noticed that, too, in our society, so many structures uh, and and um, entities that were rock solid for us growing up are now being questioned, you know, and and. You would never question yeah. this. You would never, for God's sake, you would never question the church. Jeez, how could you question the church? And then all this stuff happened. And 
and all these other things happen, you know, within the, within the church and things like that. And all these things start coming out to light and you just go, Hmm. But the whole world seems like even in our money and our food and our politics and everything, everyone's questioning everything, which before, you know, you and I are simple, you're younger than me for sure. Um, but we were still raised in a time that that was not the case at all. Yeah. I've noticed that too, specifically, um, questioning the workforce, at least here in America, questioning the way that um, yep. there's the way things are done. Should we have to go work a nine to five? Should we have to um, only have so much time off per year? This is getting a little bit off topic, but <laughs> um, so what you were saying, all of these old systems are being questioned and thinking outside of them, like how can we actually create a better system? I think that's where a lot of people are at. Without Without question. So let's go into your pre-birth memories. So, so after you had your spiritual awakening, you were able to really embrace these memories. What is your earliest pre-birth memory? The earliest and strongest pre-birth memory that I have is of being in the light before birth. And it is completely impossible to put it into words. Even saying being in the light, I'm. it wasn't a visual experience. I wasn't in a body with five senses but light is the closest word that I can think of to describe what it was. So I, I, yeah, I have to make a note before I describe it that nothing I say is going to come close because we don't even have concepts to understand what this was, let alone words to describe it. But my best, my best effort at describing it would be to say that it was like being in the middle of creation. And there was this extremely powerful presence or consciousness that was the creator and the creation happening. It was both and all. And it was like being in a hurricane of light, a universe-sized hurricane of light that was also extreme power and all-consuming love and bliss and joy and innocence and music and math and geometry and laughter. It's like all of these things for us in this world are separate things, but it's there it was all the same thing and it was absolute perfection. And so it was like this light was unfolding like a flower opening and it was expressing itself in creation and like i said the whole thing was music and it was like it was made up of these individual trillions upon trillions of smaller lights that were all part of the one whole and it was singing and if i could translate the words again language falls short here because our pronouns we don't have the right pronouns mm -hmm. so it would be like I am so in love with me, but the I and the me contains everything. So we mm -hmm. are so in love with us and everything is joy upon joy upon joy. Come and experience the sacred dance of love with us is the closest that I could come to it. And so I, I mostly as a child, I remember the feeling of being here and it was complete um, safety and bliss and satis like satisfaction of every desire. 
And so I remembered it as if I was outside this light and then entering into the light and what that felt like with the anticipation of knowing what I would feel when I entered the light. And so as a child, that that's mostly what I remembered is that feeling of being in the light and knowing that that was out there somewhere and it was the answer to all the world's problems. And just being unable to figure out where it had gone, what it was, and how I could get that feeling back. Well, let me ask you, so do you have any feeling or memory of what it was like prior to this? Because you said you were out, it felt like you were outside the light and mm-hmm. then you were walking into it. So you were outside waiting to get into the dance, essentially, mm-hmm. it sounds yes. like. Do you yes. remember what it was like outside the bar? <laughs> yes, I, I just remember this overwhelming feeling of anticipation like this is going to be absolute bliss interesting so okay so you so you're so when you're going into your incarnation or pre the pre-birth planning you're into this mad like not basically use the word magical whatever words we can use but this love this Mm -hmm. light uh that you're in all right so you're what you walked into the the light now you're here what were your memories of your planning of your of your soul's planning in this incarnation? Yeah, I just have a very brief memory. I remember asking for red hair. And the reason <laughs> I remember this, I think, is because when I was young, we used to go, I live in the US in Michigan, and we used to go up to Canada every year in the fall. And there are lots of um, oak trees and acorns and things there by the cabins that we would stay in. And my mom, I remember her telling me, your hair is auburn red. It's the color of oak trees and acorns. And so, and when she said that, it's like, I remembered, oh yeah, I I asked for this hair color. (laughs) And so I just remember asking for red hair because I thought that it would help me keep on track with my mission in life, which was to be about unconditional love. And that things were going to be very difficult. And so I wanted that reminder. Well, let me ask you then, did you, did you, obviously you picked your parents, but you don't have any memory of why you would pick, go down that path to go through that, that door of being a very strict religious, the Mm -hmm. opposite of where you're going. It looks like it was, you almost threw that struggle in front of you. So you can overcome it to get to where you need it to be. Is that fair? Yeah. And I don't remember that specifically from the pre-birth planning, but that's been my experience in this life is that I love the awakening process. There's just something about it that's so beautiful. And looking back on it, I wouldn't change it because I got to experience that awakening into a realization of what God really is, what reality really is, and remembering of all those things. Do you remember any other memories in your pre-birth? I do. These ones popped up later. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't have, an, and I do remember that I knew about them when I was a small child. So it's like I had my memories triggered later when I started reading near-death experiences. And I remembered, yeah, I, I remember knowing this when I was very young. Mm-hmm. So I remember being in a realm that was made entirely of light and it was like if you're taking a hot shower like a really hot shower and there's waves of steam in the air that's what it was like except it was light okay and everything was made up of light i was made up of light i remember feeling like i was a really young innocent soul 
and I was there in this place with other young, innocent souls, I perceived myself to be like a child, like level. And I felt like I was in some sort of garden or nursery of some kind. And I remember another really powerful being, which I've referred to as Jesus, coming and visiting us there. Now, people have questioned that because I put the name Jesus to it and saying, you're just making that up because Jesus is a religious figure. And possibly because I was raised Christian, that's what comes to mind. But Mm -hmm. I do feel that it was Jesus. It was this really powerful being and I could feel his consciousness and it was extremely joyful. It was like he was joy and joy was radiating off of him and I could feel that. And my primary state of consciousness was of joy and innocence, like far beyond what we experience in this world. Just the feeling that you have never done anything wrong and you never could do anything wrong. And I remember being there and being taught things. I remember learning about how the angels or what we would call angels, again, because I was raised as a Christian, so I was taught about angels. But we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. The the protective beings that work in the world and how they do not um, use violence. Because I was taught in the church that angels are God's warriors and they're doing battle with the demons. But what oh, I man. was shown in that place is that they actually use love and they primarily work through healing, whether that's healing hearts, healing relationships or um, helping somebody to go through a spiritual awakening. If somebody's at rock bottom and they're calling out for help, that's where the, these beings will step in and help guide them. So I remember learning about that in this realm of light that I was in. And do you have any sense of intention or purpose uh, on the other side? Like you're like, in this life, I've got to, my focus is going to be about love, unconditional love. Uh, I'm going to go through some stuff, but this is going to be my purpose. I'm going to find out about Mm -hmm. it at around 30. (laughs) I don't remember that much detail. Um, I do remember another glimpse of right before I came in. I remember that I was an, an orb of light and I was there with another larger orb of light who I'm guessing is probably my guide. And I was looking down, down and to the right is where the earth was at. And I felt very excited. I, again, I felt so <laughs> innocent, so empowered, so free, I've, perfect, you know, like I had never done anything wrong. And I was so excited. And I honestly thought like, naively, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to, this is going to be so easy because I'm going to feel just like this. I'm not going to (laughs) forget who I really am. (laughs) How'd that work out? (laughs) No, I forgot very quickly. (laughs) And you know what? It's really interesting you say that because that's a question I get all the time. I'm sure you get it as well, is that uh, why do we forget? If we have Mm. past lives and if there's reincarnation, why can't we remember all of that? Why can't we, you know, pull on our past lives knowledge to help us in this life and all of this? Like, what's the purpose of forgetting? I'd love to hear your point of view on that. Yeah, absolutely. 
I would say that if we remembered, it would defeat the purpose of being here because it is an incredibly difficult place. And we come here with the knowledge that it is going to be hard because we're going to be cut off and there's we won't actually still remember and be connected to who we are, even though like me, you may naively think that you still will. Um, <laughs> I, I knew what I was getting into. I, sure. I mean, theor- like intellectually, I understood this is what's going to happen. It's going to be really difficult. Um, but until you get here and experience it, you don't know. Well, yeah, it's kind of like intellectually, you understand if you put your hand to the fire, you're going to get burned. But until you get right. burned, you really don't understand what that is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you said you spoke to Jesus or, you know, you call him Jesus, but this other, this power, other entity, what other entities did you did you encounter during this process besides did, did Jesus energy and your guide uh did you communicate with them at all in one way shape or form I don't remember I don't remember any communications um I communication is different there so it's mm-hmm. like it's beyond even mind to mind I it's more like you just know you just you can feel you can read other people's consciousness you can feel exactly what their energy is made up of and so i don't ever remember having a like a back and forth conversation with anyone um Mm -hmm. if that makes sense okay that that does make sense did you did you how did you sense time while you were there was there because from your experience here and your experience there what was time like in the light there's no time and that's everything happening in the present moment of course those words really fall short to describe mm-hmm. what it is but it, it's the fullness and perfection of everything right now and it's all one being and it's all right now um i do think of course i just have glimpses of different memories so it's hard for me to say where i was or a sequence of events that was happening. But I do think that there's different realms that we can experience. So in the ultimate realm, maybe in the singularity or um, in the void, as the near-death experiencers call it, there is no time at all. And I think that there's lower realms, not that lower or higher really has any meaning, but where you do experience some sense of time. Denser? yes yeah denser a a denser yeah the vibrations are a little bit like we're really dense down here extremely down down here whatever that is (laughs) see there's that there's that catholic and christian (laughs) up there down here like it's still in there um but yeah we're really from what i understand we was in a very dense it's kind of like almost walking around in water and then the second you get out of water you realize Oh, I feel so much lighter. And then if you're like mm-hmm. in zero gravity, you even feel that much lighter than you do on earth. There's no gravitational pull on you. So that, is that kind of how it feels? Oh yeah. And I, and I still feel that being in body. It, it's like, it's very, it's so heavy. It's, you feel stuck. You feel really restricted. Interesting. Well, let me ask you, why do you think that you have been given this gift of memory of this I think it has to do with my purpose here. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people will ask me if 
if it makes life easier or harder. And I don't think you can really compare that to another person's experience. I think it could be easier in some ways and harder in others. But I think it has more to do with the reason why I'm here. Because I have this memory of the light, it's really driven my life. And it's been the one overriding thing that I just I can't get rid of it. You know what I mean? It's just always there. And it's always pushing me forward to seek my own um, divine union and also to try to help other people down that path as much as I'm able, anybody who is interested. So I, like I said, I think it has more to do with my purpose because I remember this. I'm really, really driven to seek that experience again, which hasn't always been hasn't always landed me in the right place either. <laughs> well, let me ask you, when you were also on the other side, did were you aware of other souls waiting as well? As, like, because I've obviously that movie mm-hmm. Soul, the Pixar movie Soul is such a yeah. beautiful, beautiful I know, I movie. love it. It's such a beautiful movie. Like there's like, you know, or that movie Defending Your Life with Albert Brooks, um, that there's souls and there everyone's waiting to come down or things like that. Do you have any memories of any other mm-hmm. souls? No, if if I did, I can't remember them now. I would, I did. There were other souls there, but I don't specifically remember any waiting to come down to Earth. Okay, so you did. So you did. You you had some sense of other souls. Oh yes, yes. So where, at what part in the once you're in the light or prior to before you walked into the bar, if they as they say, or the dance club, or outside <laughs> of it? Um, in the light, the light was everyone that has ever existed or ever will exist. So there was that. That's like its own thing. But in the in the other memories, um, in the Garden of Light, where I saw the Jesus figure, there were a lot of other young souls or souls that were at my level that were there learning and growing with me. I have other memories of like re- the light-like places, like the realms made up of light. And I remember other what I would call guides or angels or just more advanced spiritual beings. I remember a really beautiful female. She felt like a female being that was a nurturer or a caretaker of younger souls. I remember being with her for a while and feeling like I was a part of her. Mm. And then I got to a point where I had to move on and into what I needed to do. And I couldn't stay in that place forever. Um, So yeah, there were, souls what if if i was in a realm where i could see them a visual experience they appeared like orbs of light Mm. different sizes and colors of light we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show so from your experience do we learn on the other side but when you're down here, it's in the, it's an advanced course, let's say. <laughs> yeah, from my experience, we are learning and developing on the other side, yes. And then coming here is is very intense. <laughs> it's like a it's like a graduate program. Your PhD is down here. Yeah, because up there, everything is literally just love and light. Everything is, I mean, you feel good all the time. Um, but down here, it's not the case at all. <laughs> well, isn't it, isn't it a fair statement to say that you need that contrast in order mm-hmm. to grow? Like you need the struggles in your life 
whatever level they might be at or amplitude they are at in order to learn and to grow because I, I learn more, much more from my losses than my wins, at least in my lifetime. Yeah, it, I, I hate to say it, but it's, it's the same with me. It's, I learn so much quicker from my challenges. So that's why we're here, basically. And it's just to be challenged again and again and again in a curriculum that we kind of set up to a certain extent. Yeah, um, I would say that even though we're kind of joking about how it's it's all light and love up there and it's not that way down here. In actuality, everything is made up of light and love. Um, that ultimate reality, everything is light. And I think part of the reason that we're here is to grow in our ability to in our awareness of that because it doesn't feel like it's light and love here doesn't look like it at all but it actually is and so part of the experience of the contrast is to um, awaken us to the point where we can actually see that it is all perfection that as jesus said the kingdom of heaven is right here within you mm-hmm Yep. Yep. And and then in the gospel of Thomas, he said, the kingdom of heaven is spread out upon the world, spread out upon the world, but people don't see it. And that's why we're here is to learn to see that. It's really, it's a really interesting point of view on that. Um, When you were on the other side or even during your lifetime, have you had any memories of past lives? Not anything that's solid enough that I could say that I that's a past life. I think when I was really little, I did. Um, But it's just too vague and fuzzy for me now to to be able to confidently say that was a past life. Right. Could have been a dream or could have been something else. Right. Right. Kind of popped in. Um, Was there anything on the other side in regards to spiritual or universal truths? that you've brought back that kind of been reopened after your spiritual awakening? Love is the answer to everything. That's the one thing that I remember really strongly that I sort of always knew, even as I was a child, a lot of things didn't make sense to me in this world because I just didn't understand why. Why do they have to go to war and fight about this? Why can't they just understand that we have to love each other? So basically the Beatles. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically what the Beatles have been saying since the 60s. They got love, it right. Love love is all you need. Love is all you need. <laughs> um so when you just when you finally started to open yourself up to these pre-birth experiences to your spiritual awakening how did you deal with the psychological issues of letting go of this foundation that you had been Mm. programmed for so long because that is a scary terrifying thing to do yeah how did you deal with it on a psychological state and then also how did the people around you deal with this new melissa which i'm sure was with open arms in many of them right okay so how did (laughs) i deal with it well for the first couple of years i i just thought it was I just thought I was going to get through it without having any issues because my deconstruction (laughs) happened so fast and I was so ready to just accept this deeper truth that I had discovered. And, and I was, I felt like I was on a high for a few years, honestly. And I thought I looked around at a lot of other people who were really struggling with their deconstruction. And I was just grateful that it wasn't so difficult. And I tried to be 
be there for those people. And then a few years in, um, I can't remember if it's like three years in, I think three years after I went public with it. So it was even longer. It was more like probably five or six years after I deconstructed, I got hit with some really, really intense, um, overwhelming emotions of fear, panic, anxiety, guilt. That was my, that programming coming up because, you know, you're taught if you go outside the lines, you're going to burn in hell forever. Since first grade, I learned that. I was terrified. (laughs) Terrified. Yeah, me too. I mean, I would lay in bed every night begging Jesus to save me over and over again because I didn't want to die in my sleep and wake up in hell. Like those things. So, like, what's that with the let my little soul keep? If I die before I wake, I pray this Lord my soul to take. I know. Like, right? Terrifying thing to say before you die. If I die, please go. I don't want to go to hell. Please, like it's horrific. It's like a horror movie. I know, and you teach kids this. <laughs> Well, let's not even go back into what they used to do to us as kids. Because <laughs> as we grew up, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that could be another whole couple of episodes. <laughs> oh, yes. Pa- parenting from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Yep. Let's, let's go from there. <laughs> Sorry. So you had all this stuff kind of come up that, yeah, I guess you had mm-hmm. not really dealt with it. You just had this, yep. all this new information came in. And you're like, woohoo. But then all of a sudden, this other program, like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it started to come back up out of you. Yeah. How did you deal with all of that? Yeah. And I think this is so important to talk about because it, it it's part of the human experience that we have here. And a lot of times people can judge themselves for not being spiritual enough. Or if I've had a spiritual experience, then I shouldn't deal with all these lower energies. And that's just not true. So what happened to me is I was driving down the road one day and I had a random panic attack and it was terrifying and I didn't know what was going on with me and I got professional help I I got a therapist because I needed help because at that point in my life my husband was supportive I'm so grateful for that but I had no I had lost everybody because of my deconstruction and all the people that did stick with me were long distance and I felt very alone and I was putting myself out there publicly on my YouTube channel and feeling all this guilt coming in like what if I am leading all these people astray what if what if not not that I consciously believe that but the subconscious programming coming up and causing these really heavy emotions to surface so I got help Um, And I worked through it. I had to learn how to sit with those emotions and how to not suppress them or run from them and just accept them and let them pass and ask, what, what is this teaching me? What, what can I learn from this? And I had to go back to a lot of memories from my childhood that I had suppressed that were the triggers for some of these things and work through those. And it took me about a year but I finally began to come out of it. And um, it's still up and down with me sometimes too. I mean, I'm still working through it and that's, that's okay. I think Um, you you really, it's just part of that experience of contrast that we're having that if you can deal with something really overwhelming, like a, a fear like that, 
and you can accept it and love it and shine the light there, then they say, anyway, your capacity to hold the light will increase. And ultimately, that's what I want. But you, so but you didn't just kind of have this spiritual awakening and this deconstruction and all this stuff privately. You decided to open up a YouTube channel and put <laughs> yourself out there in a very public way. So that amplified all of this in a large way, the guilt, the, all the stuff that came up. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm imagining the people you grew up with, your friends, your family, mm -hmm. um, from what you're telling me, were raised in a very strict way. Their programming basically mm -hmm. said, you're going to hell, uh, right. in many ways. So did, again, how did you deal with that? Because and why did you decide to do it publicly? Cause you like mm -hmm. came out of the closet, the spiritual closet, if you will, in a large way, talking about this stuff. Cause how long has your YouTube channel been around? Uh, 2020 was when I got serious with it. So th three, three years, years or so. Three years ago. Yeah. Okay. So even three years ago, these conversations were not as, as, as not as many as they're having now. Right. There. So again, this, a lot of this was new stuff. Um, and I'm sure there was terms of witchcraft and demons and oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff thrown around. Yeah. I, I read yep. the comments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. We're all demons. We're all, you know, this is all witchcraft. You're going straight to hell. This has to, on a certain level, psychologically, this has to hit you. Mm -hmm. How did you, and I'm asking these questions again for people listening who right. are either going through this, about to go through this, because it is not easy. I, and I've said this on the show so many times. I was terrified of this show that I'm on that I created because uh, I was putting myself out there right very large way. And I was already public in another forum, which I built up and I didn't want to lose it. So I was at risk of that and all, all this kind of stuff. So I had left my Catholic, my Catholic programming back. That wasn't my, that wasn't my, my baggage. I was carrying other baggage. Mm -hmm. I had left that back years yeah. and years ago. Mm -hmm. um, but you came out in a very different way. So that's why I asked the question. Yeah. And sometimes I love to hear more of your story too. <laughs> but yeah, um, I felt like I, I just felt compelled to talk about it. I couldn't not talk about it. Um, you know, as a, a fellow artist, you're a producer, right? When mm -hmm. you get the inspiration, it doesn't come from within you. It's like it comes in and it is going to express whether you like it or not and so <laughs> I I just had to talk about it um I, f I felt like I finally found the answers I've been looking for my entire life and I have to tell the world like there has to be other people out there who are looking for those same answers and there were as you know through doing your podcast also there are so many people who are seeking and who are hungry for this information and who are looking to connect with other people because they feel alone in their lives. So mm -hmm. I just couldn't not talk about it. Yeah, it, 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 you're so right. There's so many people who you, they feel like they're on a desert island somewhere and just hearing the stories of other near-death experiencers or channelers or spiritual ideas that are outside of their box um, is so empowering. It makes you feel less nuts. 
mm-hmm. in many ways because exactly. I've heard that from so many people who reach out to me. They're like, I didn't even know I had a near-death experience until I started watching the videos. And I go, oh, I had a near-death experience and I'm not the only one that saw this stuff on the other side and experiences. There's others. And oh my God, and this and that. It, it just opens up these these ideas in a, in a way. But uh, well, congratulations on having the bravery to do it because mm. it's not, speaking from experience, it's not easy. It is yeah. not easy to go out there publicly, jump out of the spiritual closet in such a big kind of public way. And and you've had millions of people watch your videos as well. And and it's, uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. Mm. And when you do this work too, you got to kind of, be prepared for the arrows because they're coming. I mean, oh yeah, I don't. I'm sh- sure you experience that too. But it's like you have the lot, the loss of community in your personal life, and then you have the the public criticism coming from the YouTube channel. So it, I mean, it's not a bad thing though. It really helps you. You have to dig deep and you have to look at where your source of strength is really coming from, and you right. really have to be authentic. Right, because if you allow those things to bother you, then it's you're leading with ego, uh, right? As opposed to to truth. And if you understand your truth and you understand what you're doing and you understand your intentions, then uh, you just go. And I laugh at. I mean, every single time I see a word demon or uh, wizard or <laughs> yeah, hell or like you know, I just I just like wow, you stopped a moment out of your day to sit down and make sure that everybody knew how you felt about what you just saw. That says more about you, my dear, or you, sir, than it does about me. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm sure we're going to get it on this one as well. Oh yeah. (laughs) I remember um, when I had first started, I think I was a couple of years in and my sisters were visiting. My sisters have been my best friends and have have supported me. Good. And I was reading some of the comments and I was just, I was laughing because to oh, me yeah. it's so hilarious. But my sisters were very like protective of me and like, I can't believe you're laughing at that. How could they <laughs> say that to you? Oh my God. I get, oh yeah. I mean, if, if you see the stuff, it's just hilarious. Very creative, hilarious. Um, but hey, everyone's on their path. Everyone's got to do that. Everyone's yeah. got, and there has, and I was reminded just, just today by somebody is like, not, there's nobody who's ever walked the earth that has been liked by everybody. Not Jesus, not Buddha, mm. not Krishna, not Mohammed, so not, not anybody. Everybody has some haters. <laughs> mm, so true. <laughs> so we're in good company. We're in good yeah. company. <laughs> yeah. So in in your journeys during your with your work, have you f- met other pre uh, pre birth experiencers, and how do they gel with yours? Yeah, I, I absolutely. Um, a lot of people actually have posted in my comments, and I haven't met them all personally. A lot of times they'll just comment and say, "Oh, I I remember planning my life too," or "I remember being in a sphere of light and coming down into the earth." Um, but I have actually connected with some Christian Sunberg, who you also oh, know is Christian. him. Yes, me too. He's such a great person. Um, let's see. Arki Muratova is another mm-hmm. person that I've connected with. And um, there's been a couple of others, but those two I've really developed a friendship with. And it's interesting because each of our experiences are so different, but yet there's so much. I, I would say the the specific 
situations like that we remember are different, but the nature of reality, if I could, for lack of a better word, I'm not describing this very well, but the the truth of what we experienced was so much the same. Like mm. the metaphysics of how it operates over there is the same for everybody who's experienced it. I mean, we're all coming from the same place, essentially. So yeah. it's just a different, you're just seeing a different part of the elephant, as they say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, you also had, when you were 19, this thing called a near-death-like experience. Mm -hmm. Can you please tell that story, which is a pretty fascinating one? Yeah, I would love to. So I was about 18 or 19. And as I said earlier, I was really seeking this divine connection, um, this blissful feeling that I remembered from my pre-birth memory within my Christian faith. And so I was praying every night before I went to bed to be given a supernatural experience so that I could feel what I had been taught to call God's presence. Can, can I feel your presence? Because I know if I could feel that bliss again, all of my earthly pain would leave in an instant. And so for years, I prayed this and nothing happened. And I don't know why it happened when I did, but I feel like maybe they were joking up there. Like we're going to have to do something because she is just, she is, she is so obsessed with this and she's not staying on track with what she's supposed to do with her life. So I was laying in bed one night praying the same prayer that I always prayed. And all of a sudden I was in another reality and there's two phases to my experience that I remember. The first phase I was still laying, I perceived myself to be laying in my bed but I was, it was like this other dimension opened up and I felt like I was swimming in this ocean of love and the love was washing over me from my feet to my head in waves and it was washing over me and through me and it was wiping away all of the pain of my earthly life and it completely forgotten in an instant. And so it was like I was in this forced field of love that was also a presence. And I instantly recognized it as the light that I remember from my pre-birth memories and what I had been taught to call God. And so I said, I have been looking for you my entire life and you are finally here. Where have you been my entire life? And I didn't really get an answer to that question, but I was, I could have <laughs> just stayed there forever. I was, I was blissed out and this is where words really fail me because i can just try to describe what this felt like but honestly we don't even have the feelings here in this world let alone words to try to describe them but it was like safety and security and love and bliss and comfort multiplied by a million we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor And now back to the show. And it was this knowing that everything has always been well and everything always will be well. And th I instantly knew that a lot of the things I had been taught in the church were completely wrong, that the idea that anybody could be eternally lost was just laughable. Mm -hmm. And I also experienced um, the masculine and feminine sides of God. I felt like 
I was being held in my father's arms and nurtured in my mother's womb at the same time. And it was like all the loves that you could experience in this lifetime all combined together and multiplied by a million. So I could have just stayed there forever. I had no interest in going back to my life. And I'm not sure how long that specific portion of the experience went on. But at some point I began to, my consciousness began to expand out of my body. And I found myself somewhere up above the earth and the presence was still with me. And I didn't have words for this until much later when I discovered near-death experiencers and they talk about ultimate knowledge. And mm. that's what happened. I, I instantly knew that I could ask any question that I wanted to ask and I would be given the answer. So I started thinking of questions in my mind. And as soon as I thought of a question, I would be given not only the answer to that question, but how that answer fit together with everything else in the universe. And so I began to expand, and there's several ways I can describe this. Um, one way that I like to describe it is that it was like I was receiving massive downloads of information, and with this information, my consciousness was expanding as it was taking it in. It was like I was a computer just receiving all of this information so quickly, and within a split second, I had expanded to as far as it was as far as I could expand within that experience. And I felt like I knew everything there was to know. I understood all the secrets of the universe and everything was happening inside of me. And when I got to the very top, I saw the secret to life. Like this is the reason why we're here. And it was so far beyond our ability to understand here, but it was also so simple that I laughed at and I said, how did I not know this when I was on earth? And um, as soon as I saw that answer to life, I knew I was going to come back into my head. So I'll pause it there and then I'll explain a couple other things because time was different there. And it was like all of these things were happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. So another way that I can describe what it felt like to expand is that I was expanding through dimensional awareness. So it's it would be comparable to expanding from like a two-dimensional plane up into a three-dimensional plane and think about how much more space is available, how much more information can be contained in that space. That's what it was like, except I was expanding up through higher dimensions. And every time I would expand up into a new dimension, it was like this release of freedom, like freedom and um so much more awareness, like so much more information that I could understand until it got to the point, and I don't know how high I went, but I, I remember this happening several times where I just go up and up and up and up, and you get up to that top level, and it's like everything is working out for perfection. You can see how every little tiny detail works together for perfection. And I, when I was at the top, Again, I, I looked down and I saw what I was told was the cosmic master plan of God. So that sounds really cheesy, but I was like a Christian teenager. So that's <laughs> the words I was given. And I saw this beautiful, magnificent, living Mandela pattern that was moving and shifting and multidimensional. And it contained all the life paths of every created being. And I could see how 
we all have free will within this plan, but everything leads back towards love in the end because um, even a choice against love or against God is ultimately a choice for love because that experience of contrast will teach us something that will bring us back towards love. Um, and then the other thing that I saw during this experience that was like also happening at the same time somehow, weirdly, is I, I looked down upon the earth and I saw that the earth and everything on it is made of brilliant light. And I was shown that the brilliant light is God, what we've been taught to call God. It is source. It is the creator. It is the living presence of God. And everything is made out of that. And so what this experience was like, another way that I can describe it is that it was like flying on a plane on a cloudy day up above the storm clouds and awakening into this realm of brilliant, blissful light and having this massive realization that everything is okay. I am guided and safe and loved. And what I was experiencing on earth is like a dream, like a bad dream, but it's not real. And from that perspective, you can look down on the earth and you can see that the storm clouds were just an illusion. The pain and the darkness that we experienced here was just an illusion. And we chose to come here and experience that for a reason, but we're never alone. We are guided and loved all the time. And we are made of the same essence, the same light that God is. And so from God's perspective, he looks down on us like a grandfather who's chuckling at his grandkids. And our mistakes are just like a toddler stumbling around trying to walk. And there's absolutely nothing we can do from that perspective that can be a disappointment or be deserving of judgment, let alone deserving of being in, thrown in hell forever. So I was having all these realizations and uh, like, so going back to when I said I reached the top of everything that I could understand, and I'm sorry, I hope this isn't confusing because I'm jumping around from one thing to the next. Mm -hmm. But I knew this is as far as I can go. I'm going to come back in into my body and I have to go back to earth. And I did not want to, but it was like my consciousness was floating back in on the music because everything that was happening was music. And I could feel my consciousness losing that information. I felt like I was a balloon losing air and it was just falling out of my head as I came back in. And then I clicked back into place and I still felt the loving presence around me until I fell asleep. And I had a glow, like a warm, a warm glow around me for the next couple of days after this experience happened. And then eventually that faded away also. And how did you deal with this when you came back? It fueled my fire to have a spiritual experience because that's what I had been about before is trying to stimulate a spiritual experience and it made it 10 times stronger. Mm -hmm. So I joined a charismatic church at that point and I did like I learned all the teachings about this is how you can have supernatural healings and supernatural this or that. And I did all kinds of crazy things to try to stimulate another experience. 
and it never happened. And then that's when I became very disillusioned and shut everything down. Wow. So you, you were kind of like shown the light and then you're like trying mm -hmm. to get back to it. But I think it seems like that you were, you were f trying to force your way back in. You were trying to like, no, I'm mm -hmm. going to get back into that door as opposed to if you, what has happened to you since you've let go. And the mm -hmm. moment you let go, the door swung wide open for you again. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I was looking for it like the like this experience of heaven is somewhere else. It's out there right. in the universe somewhere when actually it's right here. <laughs> and we just have to learn how to tune into it. No wonder grandpa's laughing at you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no wonder grandpa's laughing at you. Well, Melissa, I'm going to ask you a few questions to ask all my guests. What okay. is your definition of living a fulfilled life? Mm. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. My definition of living a fulfilled life would be to create as much love for as many people as possible. If you can go back to that little girl and give her one piece of advice, what would it be? Look within. Look past your sense of self. That's where you'll find God. And what is your def definition of God? Hmm, that is a, a deep question. My definition of God, I think that God is probably in his most fundamental state, his or her most fundamental state is beyond what we can imagine or understand here. But God has expressed God's self as love and that love is what has formed everything. So the definition that makes the most sense to me is God is love. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? The ultimate purpose of life is, and that's that's an interesting question because as a person who experiences uh, interviews near-death experiencers, I get a lot of answers but I think that it would be to find God here, to find God and experience divine union here in this really dense place. And where can people find out more about you and the amazing work that you're doing? Thank you so much, Alex. Um, yeah, you can find me at on YouTube at Love Covered Life Podcast, on Instagram and TikTok. Talk at Melissa Denise, D-E-N-Y-C-E, -E, and my website, lovecoveredlife.com. And do you have any final messages for the audience? I would just love to say that I think the most important message for our time is for us to realize that life is about love and we are here to learn how to love each other and that as humanity, we can do so much better than what we've done up to this point. It is possible for us to learn to live in peace and harmony on the earth. And that when we start thinking in those terms, a lot of the problems that seem very overwhelming, we will be presented with solutions for those things when we can learn, first and foremost, to love each other. Melissa, thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you for the amazing work you're doing to awaken humanity around the world. So I appreciate you, my dear. Right back at you, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. I want to thank Melissa so much for coming on the show and sharing her journey with us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 265.
And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.